The Center for Unhindered Living presents Plus Size Polyamory with Judy and Alan, where our motto is, don't follow the crowd, follow your heart. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us this morning. Hope you're having a great day so far. This is Judy. Alan is away today, but today we have the great and wonderful, fantastic Emma and Finn from Normalizing Non-Monogamy. Thanks for being here today, guys. Thank you for having us. And thank you for all those adjectives. Great, wonderful, and fantastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, don't, we don't get that kind of a welcome around here. Usually. Oh, my. Well, you know, um, I feel kind of special about your work because, you know, I have to admit I haven't watched or listened to all of the podcasts, but I've listened to a lot of them. And when my husband and I first got into the lifestyle, yours was the first program that we really listened to for educational purposes. So I feel kind of sentimental about it, you know. Well, <laughs> well, well thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if there's anything that I'm going to ask that you feel is too personal, you don't have to answer. Um, but we hope you will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, also, just to let everybody know, yesterday I did announce to all my Facebook groups that... Um, we were interviewing you today and we did get a few listener questions that we'll uh, do at the end. So those who gave me questions, you'll hear your questions at the end. Uh, so why don't you tell us first, um, how many episodes have you published so far of your podcast? As of yesterday, it was 235 plus we had a couple of like bonus episodes. So it's somewhere in like the 250, 260, somewhere in there. Wow, that's great. Okay. And so you've been doing this about how long? Four years. Yeah, almost four years exactly. So we've been doing at least one episode a week for four years. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about um, why you first got into non-monogamy? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Finn and I got together in college, our freshman year of college, but we knew each other before that. So we were best friends in high school. And uh, so it was kind of an, I don't know, more natural transition to start dating. And after our first year of dating, we studied abroad. And while we were studying abroad, we, Finn brought it up to me of, you know, we, we very much didn't want to limit each other in life, but we, and we wanted to have new experiences, but we wanted to stay together. And so that was the whole premise of what he brought to me of like, what do you think about like non-monogamy? And we didn't have all the terminology back then. It was like, <laughs> what right. do you think about maybe sleeping with other people? <laughs> okay. Um, so that was like the initial uh, catalyst back at the very beginning of our, like a year into our relationship. And we were only like 19 and 20 years old. So it was, um, it, yeah, it was about 17 years ago now that that was the case. Okay. Yeah. So would, oh, go was, ahead, that, was that because you had someone in mind already? Or are you just proposing this in general? <laughs> no, there was nobody in mind. We didn't know anybody in the country, to be honest, um, because we, we were in Australia and we, we were there oh. for about three or four months and we didn't know anybody. And so it was really like, it was probably prompted by the fact that like, this was both of our first time of like, really getting out in the world like we we live we grew up in a really small town there wasn't very many people everybody knew everybody and we both right. had like one boyfriend girlfriend in high school and 
and we just really didn't want, or I really didn't want to like, I didn't want to limit Emma and, and I didn't want to be limited myself. And I think there was some element of this that like, it, for me, it's almost like, how can I trust that I am a good fit for Emma if she's never experienced anything else, right? And so some of this is like my own insecurity and some of it really is just like, I want her to experience everything she wants in life. And I mm -hmm. frankly want the same freedom to do that, but I want to, I want to do it with her. Like we're, we're our best friends at, at our core right. and we love doing things together. And so why not, why not do this together too? Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Okay. So you mentioned that you were from a small town. Was your upbringing pretty conservative or pretty open and liberal or what kind of upbringing did you guys have? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> my, my upbringing was interesting. So I went to Catholic school for kindergarten and first grade. And then we moved out of that town into another town, not that far away. And I think Catholicism was as, as best I understand it and talking to my dad about it, like my, my parents made a promise to, I believe my mom's parents that, that they would like get us baptized and keep us religious. And after we moved away from that town, it was like, we did like maybe a year of like catechism. And then it was like, you know, this is a lot of work. None of yeah. us really, none of us really want to do this. It was really <laughs> like pulling teeth every week. And we were just like, yeah. And it just kind of like, faded away and um you know my my family is really not religious at this point there's nobody in my family that I know of that goes to church I don't um so we weren't really religious and my family was I don't know very like middle of the road in a lot of ways and like politics were never really a thing that we talked about growing up but looking back like I see now and I know now like how liberal politically my my dad is and just open-minded about things, but also it's a weird, uh, sort of the, I, one of my dad's favorite sayings is like, is, it is what it is. And so he's very just kind of pragmatic about things. And if he's not interested in knowing about something, he's like, yeah, you do you, and I don't need to know about it. And, and so for us, we were always just sort of encouraged to like find our own way and do what works for us. And there was not a whole lot of like pressure in one way or another. Um, there was a little bit to like go to college and there was a little bit to like sort of what he wanted me to go into, or I would say better yet, he didn't want me to go into. So I always wanted to be a police officer growing up. And he was like, well, that seems pretty dangerous. And so like he guided me away from that. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll do this other thing. And so I didn't really have a whole lot of influence on it. Um, it was sort of just free range childhood in a lot of ways but yeah it was it was supportive and I've always been supported by my family and this really is no no different well that's great okay and for me my background I was my parents are very uh open-minded and very liberal um I was brought up though being exposed to lots to different religions I went I was went to Christian school for many years uh, but my family never fit in, in, in those, in those places, the, um, I was sent to a Christian school because of the education and where we lived. And that was the best, uh, my parents were trying to make the best decision for my education. Right. Uh, but we, so I had a lot of exposure to conservative thinking, but 
my immediate family itself was very liberal leaning and a lot of, a lot of my extended family as well. And so, um, it was just, I was always taught to be open-minded, be accepting, be kind. And those were the values that they like lead, lead your life by. And, um, and of course, respectful. And so those, I mean, it makes sense that, uh, that we, we're able to question that in our relationship pretty early on because we were both taught from an early age, you know, like just don't be afraid to question things. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't be afraid to um, just try new things. And so uh, I, I'm very thankful for the, that in the way I brought, was brought up for sure. Right. So it sounds like your upbringing really did help you, you know, in this, that it was helped you to be open-minded and, and you know considering different things than the status quo yeah. so yeah that, that's great I can definitely relate to the Christian school thing I sent my kid we, my kids got kicked out of Christian school because we didn't fit in <laughs> <laughs> which, I yeah. don't, which I don't regret at all but it was just you know <laughs> yeah we, we didn't fit in either but it was like it was, I look back and it was a good experience. Like, I'm glad that that, you know, that decision was made and I, it was a good exposure for me too. Right. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so when you first got into the lifestyle, did you have any inkling that that would lead you to where you are today? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Okay. I, I like, I, I mean, I don't think we knew what it, what, what it would lead us to, but we knew we knew it would lead us to adventure and fun experiences and maybe awkward experiences, but it would lead us to hopefully grow closer and find new experiences together. Um, would you agree? Yeah, I think it's sometimes my, my approach to life is like, this seems like a good idea. Let's go for it. And like, we're together, we'll figure it out. And I think that's largely what we've done. I think we've also, it has been, it has tested us in a lot of ways to, you know, for the longest time, our relationship dynamic was very like, kind of looking for friends with benefits. We would maybe go on dates with other couples once a month, once every couple months. And sometimes that would turn into more, sometimes it wouldn't. Like it was very sort of just like blase and and so like it was just a thing that like would inject fun into our our lives like we would maybe hey let's go to the club this weekend and we would get dressed up and go to the club and it'd be a late night and we'd just kind of have fun with it we always had like fun memories from those and awkward memories and all of that but it you know where we've kind of gone in the last year and a half is very much down like a polyamorous route falling in love with other people and trying to navigate that. And that has really sort of blown the doors off of what we knew like as our relationship for, for a long time. And so we're, we're definitely adjusting to that. Okay. Did we lose you? No, I'm here. Okay. okay. Did you hear everything we said? Yes, okay. I heard everything you said. Okay. You were frozen for <laughs> <Okay>. a second. <laughs> okay. But I heard every word. So Perfect. <laughs> that's fine. Okay. Um, 
So uh, what would you say is the biggest challenge to living the non-monogamous lifestyle? Hmm. Um, oh, there's a lot, but it's like, I think for me, I mean, you can't, you can't be stagnant. Like you have to always push yourself to grow and learn and challenge ideas, challenge communication styles, learn, like it's challenging, but it's also very rewarding uh, because you have to always be willing to be like, be open-minded, be thinking outside the box, be listen to somebody and show up for them and, and work together. I don't know. It's just, you have to be willing to be, um, have a lot of self-growth. I think that's what I'm trying to like distill it down to. Well, and even, right. I would say like, even if you're not willing to, like it's coming, like you, you are going like, especially you go down, I think the polyamorous route has challenged us more. I imagine swinging or casual relationships maybe challenge other people more, but for us, the challenge is really like for us, the, the swinging, the casual stuff, like that was easy breezy for us. Like there was a little jealousy here and there and there were frustrations, but it was compared, compared, <laughs> compared to like navigating, yeah, falling in love and the conversations here and new relationship energy and divvying up time and all of these things as Emma said like you almost don't have a choice like you either you sink or you swim you either get to like grow and challenge yourself and evolve and find new ways to do things or like you're going to kind of get run over and and sometimes both happen at the same time um <laughs> but yeah it's you know it's a lot of learning learning new ways to talk to each other learning new things about yourself, learning better ways to show up for people. There's just an endless list of things. And you're like, you, even when you think you're like, you know, I'm thinking I'm doing pretty good. And then you wake up and you just kind of get like knocked upside the head by something that came completely out of nowhere. And so you're, it, I would say like, it definitely keeps you on your toes, but there's definitely an element of like, you feel alive. You're, you're constantly, you're constantly alive. Like you don't get to just hang out and be stagnant. Coast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Coasting. I don't remember the last time coasting happened. <laughs> well, sounds a lot, a lot like therapy without having to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you get to add therapy on top of that. And then you, yeah. and then it's just, you know, extra fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what would you say is the biggest, um, Advantage. Well, you sort of already said that. You said some advantages and you said some disadvantages. So, okay. So can you describe your current relationship structure? We can for sure. But I was going to, can I jump back in on advantages? Because sure. I, sure. I would say the advantages are for me, almost identical. The fact that you're always growing, you're always pushing yourself, you feel alive. I get to watch Emma live her life and really find who she is, you know, coming into that and really seeing each other just sort of be who we want to be, be who we are. And now there's the added benefit that we have other partners that are long-term committed relationships. And now we get to watch the same thing for them. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's not just about us now, it's about these other people in our orbit. And 
you know, supporting them and they support us. And, and it's an ecosystem where we can all love each other, grow together and, and try to support each other and being our best selves. And, and now there's more of that happening. And so, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something very similar for advantages. So uh, it just, it, I wouldn't have it any other way. And so <laughs> it's challenging, but it's also so rewarding. And about our current, Finn kind of touched on our current relationship structure, but right now we have, so we've been in a, in more, in, we have explored polyamory over the last year and a half. So we, we are in relationships with another couple. So I'm in a relationship with another um, man and Finn is in a relationship with another woman. They are also married to each other. And so it is a polyamorous quad. Um, however, I do not have a romantic relationship with the other woman and he does not have a romantic relationship with the other guy. We're friends and um, good friends, close friends, but it's, that's the structure. Did I, did I miss anything? Uh, the other piece of that is that they live like 2000 miles from us. So yes. it is a long distance polyamorous quad. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> that's is there a good way to describe that? it. You just, it's just the quad. That's not what you would call it. Okay. Yeah. Polyquad. It's okay. from what we've been told polyamory on hard mode. And we would agree with that. <laughs> we have no it frame of reference hard. though. So yeah, <laughs> it's hard enough to make it work when you're in the same town. Yeah. Okay. Um, so can you, um, you mentioned on one of your uh, episodes that your other partners have a child. How has that uh, changed your um, dynamic at all? I don't know that it, it has a whole lot. Like yeah. we love their kids. Can you hear me? To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're frozen. Okay, we may have to restart and come back in because I think you're frozen. Can you hear me? We can yeah, hear we you. can hear you. Okay, well, you were frozen and I didn't hear anything. So if you okay. said something, I may have to edit that part out. Okay. <laughs> but, so, yeah, you were frozen there. So if you said something, please say it again. <laughs> for sure. I don't, I don't think them having a kid has, has really changed a whole lot. There's, there's a little more logistics to navigate sometimes when we, because in order to really see them, we all have to travel a decent amount. And so there can be logistical things, but you know, right. for, for kids, for them, it's just more people to love them. And she just loves us to death and we have a blast and it's really not, it's really not been much of an issue mm -hmm. other than like, again, figuring out some logistics and some. Yeah. Logistics is the, yeah. the most, the trickiest part. And uh, I guess we should also say like, we don't have children. Um, so that also like it just it, it makes it a little bit easier on our end and but the four of us navigate it and and figure it all out okay so does it make you want to have your own children <laughs> i don't know i don't know if uh <laughs> i mean it definitely impacts it for sure i mean yeah it we love kids and um we'll we'll see where we go in that journey <laughs> I'm sure the community would love to hear that. That was right, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, 
um, even though you're polyamorous now, do you still swing? And is that okay with your other partners? The short answer is uh, no, we do not at the moment. Uh, we we entered into the user relationships and decided to stay a closed quad at the moment. Um, okay. And so like my relationship with my other partner is closed and Finn's relationship with his other partner is closed, which means that that also closes our relationship, me and right. Finn. Um, however, you know, we'll, we'll see what the future brings and, and those conversations are ongoing and it's, it's, I mean, it's new relationships, figuring that all out, polyamory for the first time for all of us and long distance. And so there's a lot of things to navigate, um, that we're all trying to really? figure out. Do you have more to add there? No, I think you, you kind of nailed it. And it's again, like I said, it's sort of a ongoing conversation. And I think yeah, it's it's just sort of getting our feet under us before we before we add new variables, and uh, so we're not we're not quite ready to turn that heat up yet. Right. right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so, so it seems like there's some uh, antagonism. I guess I would put it that way between swingers and people that call themselves poly, and yet there's a lot of overlap between the two groups. Um, do you find that people treat you differently in the ENM community if they think you're poly as opposed to thinking that you're a swinger? Do they treat you differently? I would, I guess for me, I definitely see that, that, that sort of the divide that's been there. As we've, as we've been kind of going through this and for the last four years been interviewing people you know, almost 200 people we've interviewed or probably over 200 people we've interviewed. What we've really started to understand is that at the core, they're not that different, right? There's, there's people who are like, oh, we're poly, but then you find out that they go to swing clubs on the weekends with their partners. And so they do a little bit of that, or there's people who are like, no, no, we're swingers. We don't do that poly thing. But I have a, you know, a boyfriend that I've sort of been dating for the last two years and you're like, okay. And so I think for us, it's a little bit of like, the labels are kind of stupid in a lot of ways. And I know that's just like a very juvenile way to approach it. But like, for, for us, like the label is just a conversation starter. Like, hey, we're, we're, we have an open relationship. Let me tell you what that actually means for us and what that looks like. Because right. if, if we were to say, oh, we're swingers or oh, we're polyamorous it's easy for people to like create an image in their brain and, and tell themselves a right. story. And I think it's just yeah. so much more nuanced than that. And, and we've really seen that over the last couple of years as we talk to people. Right. Yeah. Labels. I don't really like them, but they're part of the world we live in. And, yeah. right. um, you know, I, I usually just say, this is the, these are the people I'm involved with that way. I don't have to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. So they can draw their own conclusion. But anyway, <laughs> what, that's the best way for me. Um, okay. So, um, so how have your families reacted to your lifestyle, or do they even know? Yes, our families know. Uh, it's been a process of um, conversations and taking time. Uh, I would say both of our families and you can add if you want, but uh, both of our families have been very supportive. Lots of questions as, and for you, for me and, <laughs> and lots of like learning and growing and understanding. Uh, but 
they have been supportive and I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're, we feel very lucky in, the, in that realm. I mean, it, it took us a little bit of time to tell them and everything, but until we were ready and, um, but it was really good. And I'm very relieved that we, that we made that decision. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, what would you say has been your most awkward moment since getting into this lifestyle? <laughs> it's just one giant awkward moment for me. Oh yeah, for Finn, for sure. Um, there's, there's one, there's, I mean, lots, but one that really stands out to me um, that is a quick story I can share and then you can add one if you want. But uh, maybe eight years ago, we went to a, uh, actually, let me a little longer than that, maybe like 11 years years ago but we went to a like a nightclub and it was a just a place to dance and meet open-minded people and it was a like a lifestyle or swinger nightclub though it, that it just wasn't only dancing and we got there and we arrived very early because Finn likes to be on time and I agree it's good to be on time we like to be early and there was you, a, you agree in principle <laughs> we don't need to go down that road so we we show up and there's one other couple there and so just being friendly we turn around and just go up and say like wanted to say hi how are you how is your night and they turned around and walked the other way and it was like what like both of us stood stood there just completely shocked like what just happened like we were just trying to say hi that was it (laughs) and we didn't understand why they reacted the way they did and then we were left there like no one else in the club just like kind of standing there it felt really awkward and um I mean there's a lot of other awkward stories that's just a funny one (laughs) okay I'll I'll share a high level version of this one which is (laughs) we were we this was probably yeah eight years ago we had met this couple at a at a club or at a it was like a lifestyle club. We ended up going back to a hotel with them and we were fooling around with them. And the I was with the other woman and Emma was with the other guy. And the guy asked his wife, like, hey, do you want to do you want to switch back? Like he was starting to feel a little insecure or whatever. And she was on top of me and he was like, Well, do you want to switch back? And and she was like, No, I'm good. And just like kept going, and I was just like laying there, like, well, this okay. is this is pretty horrible. Well, like, it was I, really awkward. For I both felt of so us. bad for the other guy, but what I don't know what you do in that situation. You just like, you know, yeah. do a bucking bronco move and bounce her <laughs> off you. I don't know. So I just kind of laid there awkwardly and wished I wasn't there. Yeah, it was super awkward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that that counts as pretty awkward. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. So why don't you tell everybody um, why you decided to start the podcast in the first place? Yeah, for sure. So it the idea kind of came up a little over four years ago. We've been doing this now almost exactly four years. And we we used to, like, we kind of got a lot of our education through podcasts, um, through some of, like, the original, like, Life on the Swing Set, Sex is Fun, some of these different podcasts and then there was a whole bunch that you that would start coming out and a lot of them were you know a couple or somebody like telling their story and by this point we had been in 
in like the open sex positive community for five, six, seven years. And so we'd been to sex clubs. We'd, we'd done a lot of the things. And so after we sort of met, quote unquote, met the people in their first couple episodes, we would get bored and we would then like try to find the next one because we just wanted to like hear how many different people do this and how do they do it. And we would always run out and then we'd have to wait for the next people to launch a podcast. And we were like, why? I kept telling them, I'm like, why isn't there a show where every week we just talk to somebody new and we can hear all of the different stories. And we were like, you know what? Let's just make the thing. And so we decided just to make it. And we reached out to a bunch of our friends and they helped us, you know, the first 10 or 15 episodes um, were close friends and then other podcasters. And then it just kind of caught on and it's, grew from there it's grown from there so yeah it was just a desire to meet people and hear their stories that was the original that was the original motivation for yeah it. it totally was mm-hmm. yeah okay great okay well um let's see what's the best non-monogamous event you've ever been to event Ooh. yeah um i mean like if you were recommending to other people what's the best event to go to what would yeah. you say well, we haven't been to one since before COVID. Since the before times, uh, of um, course. <laughs> I mean, the biggest game changer for us was the Life on the Swing Set Takes Desire trip. So they, the podcast Life on the Swing Set, does a trip to Desire, which is a resort clothing optional and lifestyle resort in Mexico, and we went on that in 2016, and it was just a very big game changer for us because it let us find people that we really clicked with and really got along with and they didn't live in the same place we were we lived and that didn't matter like it was people from everywhere and so we just really found our tribe there and that felt really uh, like it was amazing um so that was like the most influential event for us yeah Mm -hmm. I i would just build on that really quick and say one of the one of the things i think that made that trip a success for us was for us, it was always about making friends. And we always found it a struggle. Like if you go to a, like a traditional hotel party or a nightclub, you've got like three hours to find somebody, build some type of a connection and then try to like take it to the next level if that's your thing. And we just never, we never thrived in that environment. But Desire allowed us to like meet friends on Sunday talk to them on Monday, have lunch with them on Tuesday and get to like build a rapport over multiple days and build like genuine friendships that like some of those friends that we met in 2016, we text with regularly, we see regularly, we travel to see them still and they've become some of our best friends and they're scattered all over the world. And so, um, yeah, I would say that was definitely the biggest game changer for us without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Okay, so these are the listener questions. Some of our listeners gave us this question. And this first one is a two-part question, but I really think you have to answer the second part first. But anyway, here, I'll just read the question. How long do you wait till your partner is ready to be comfortable with actively looking, engaging, and involving others in and around your relationship in romantic, sexual, and potentially serious ways? And also, this is the second part, How do you build trust to start that in a relationship where you have this imbalance and there's already a lack of trust? It's a good question. I'm curious what you think. Oh man. I mean, uh, 
like the thing that comes to me most is patience like that you can't force someone to be ready and it's I can you know we've had a lot of uh conversations with different people that that have been in this situation and um you know we always encourage them to you know it try to be patient with your partner and do do things in a way that are that are together and maybe maybe your first step is just to go to a uh like a resort or a event and don't do anything but just attend it and like that's it and so it's just it's a starting step and it lets you build that trust uh that you can that that is okay and like that that works and that it's it, even if it doesn't progress any further it's like that's the baby step and then like that's okay it's a it's a hard situation to be in uh let me say that too it's very challenging um and it takes time and a lot of communication and a lot of patience and a lot of resources and education too uh what do you have to add yeah i think our answers are almost identical my my answer is you wait the the amount of time you wait is the amount of time it takes for your partner to be ready to do that at the same time right if this is a if you've identified that this is like a core piece of who you are and what you need and your partner's never going to get there and you can't find a way to do this in a way that works for both of you like it may mean that that's not the right relationship for you and that and that's a really hard thing to like try to sort out and I'm not saying like well you give them six months and if they're not on board you just break up with them like this is a this is an individual like everybody's got to assess this for themselves like you know if I had gone to Emma and said hey I think we should explore non-monogamy and she'd been like no I don't want to do that like it's not like I would have just broken up with her that day but you then have to start evaluating like is this a thing I really need how badly is this a thing I need? And am I sacrificing who I am Mm -hmm. by not going after this? And if you are, then like, ultimately you're not going to be happy in that relationship anyway. And, and so like you, it's really, I think it's a, it's just a long dance between you and your partner of figuring out what works for each of you and how to redefine the relationship that works for both of you. And I will say too, like in terms of like how long this can take, if, if you go back to episode two of our show um, and then they come back on again, I believe episode 62, some of our really close friends, like he brought up non-monogamy or she brought it up for 10 years before they did anything. And then it was three or four years of like swinging and now they're in polyamorous relationships and and really thriving in that but it's been a 15-year journey right Mm -hmm. for them to get here and so I guess as Emma said like be prepared to be very patient have lots of conversations there's going to be fear there's going to be like it's scary you know unless for some you know unless your partner is magically sitting there wanting to ask you and you're wanting to ask them and you just beat them to the punch and you're both like hallelujah we've been waiting for this forever like there's a good chance that one or the other of you is going to going to get triggered into some type of fear and i will also say be prepared we have seen where 
let's example, I go to Emma and say, Hey, I want to open our relationship and she's resistant. And then we do. And then two years later, she's loving it. And I'm like, well, Hey, I don't, this isn't working for me anymore. So there's also, we've seen that where the person who maybe struggled in the beginning really embraces it. And then the roles flip. So it's, there's really not like a, this is the script to follow. It's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of self-work. I would say therapy. I was just going to say, I would also recommend a sex positive therapist or relationship coach for sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. And another person asked, um, do you have any resources to help someone figure out what relationship dynamic would best fit them? Um, I mean, the easiest answer is go listen to our podcast <laughs> because, <laughs> because there's lots of different, like every episode, somebody does it differently. And it's, there's lots and lots and lots of different examples. And so you could try to find something that resonates for you, but there's also a lot of other resources out there. Um, there's, I mean, I don't trying to figure out how to just like start naming them, but well, I, yeah, I mean, Exactly. Like what Emma said, like trying to find that variety. Right. So I would say go find Facebook groups. Yeah. Uh, Those are a great place. There's a lot of online communities. Uh, There's like multi-amory podcast has a community. There's a a big community out in San Francisco called the Bonobo Network. We Got a Thing has a community. Yep. We Got a Thing podcast has a community. And so there's, there's a ton of like, I would say, try to expose yourself and not that way, but try to expose yourself to as many different, different forms as you can, you know, like I'm gonna say, go to a sex club and just be there with yourself and your partner and, you know, try to talk to people, right? Learn about their relationships, learn how they do it. And, and I would say if somebody tells you how to do it, that's probably not a, you probably want to not listen to that because for somebody to say, well, this is how you do it. There's not, it's different for everybody. And so I would, I would say, try to expose yourself to as many different resources as you can. And, and don't be afraid to question them, like question what you're hearing, dig into it, find what works for you, find your own path. Cause then there may be nobody who's walked the path before you, like what works for you may not be something that anybody's ever done and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Great advice. Okay. Can you tell everybody what resources you have to offer people who join your community? Sure. So if you listen to our podcast, actually, you don't even have to listen to our podcast. You can still join our community. Uh, we have an ongoing chat group in MeWe. So that's the platform we use, but we have an ongoing chat there. There's uh, different channels and uh, there's a main chat. There's a pets channel and a food channel and that type of thing. That's a lot of fun. Uh, we also have a monthly video Q&A. We have an East Coast one and a West Coast one for different time zones. And we actually have people from all over the world joining those Q&As, which is really, really neat. Um, this last week, we just did them and we had somebody from Australia and some uh, people that were living in China. And Costa Rica. And Costa Rica. We yeah. have people in Korea. We have people all over the world. Yeah. So it's really cool. Uh, and then we also have a men's group and a women's group uh, along, like they have their separate chats, but we also do monthly calls with those groups. Um, so it's a growing community and it's an incredible community. We've been so just blown away by the people there. And we've learned so much just from um, everyone as well. Yeah. And I would just to add on to that, like 
as Emma just kind of said, like we get a ton of support out of this community. We've made really close friends out of this community, people that we've stayed at their houses as we've traveled around the country. And we see like some of the most amazing support come out of this for people that are going through hard times. And they're like, hey, I had this happen. And three other people be like, well, I did that two weeks ago. And they, so there's just so much camaraderie in there. Um, and so just, just to also maybe clarify like that, the way to join that is through Patreon and there's links all over our website. And it's uh, just a couple of bucks a month and you can stay as long as you want and, or you can leave whenever. And um, if it's, if it's not a good fit. So that's, that's one of them. Um, we've got about 205 members right now. The other thing that we've got going is um, we do virtual meet and greets every month and those are open to anybody. We, uh, we do a pay what feels good to you so you can join for free or you could pay $1,000 if you want. It's just really whatever feels good to you. Those last about two hours and we do them on Zoom and we just ask questions and then send people to small breakout rooms and give you, you know, five to 10 minutes to talk about the question. We bring you back to the main room. We scramble the rooms, ask a new question and send you away again. And so it's sort of like a speed dating with some guided questions along the way. And we do those every month. And actually the next one is tomorrow, or I guess today, May 13th, Friday the 13th. So we'll be doing that tonight and we'd love to have people join us. Yeah. And we do them every month. I think you said that. I so every, if you miss this month, look, you can look on our website for the ones that are going to happen in June. Yeah. Okay, great. Sounds wonderful. Okay. Well, thanks so much, you guys, for being here. I really appreciate you talking to our little community and our podcast. Yeah. Hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll grow to be as big as you guys someday. <laughs> That's the hope. <laughs> we'll all keep growing. We just got to support each other. Yeah. Can I yes. add one quick, can I add one quick thing, Judy, yes. that, that I wanted sure. to mention about the men's and women's group? Yes. Oh, yeah. They are also open to people who are transitioning or non-binary. We've had folks join us and check out the men's group and the women's group and say, I, I feel like I fit here better, or I feel more at home over here. And I will say everybody has been so incredibly welcoming. And afterwards, we've gotten emails that are like, I was worried, but I felt so at home. And so I just want to throw that out there for anybody who's like, like, oh, why does it have to be so binary? Like, we understand, but the groups are really open to anybody. Um, find where you fit and you will be welcomed and embraced with open arms by everybody in there. So that's all. Well, I can vouch for that. I love yeah. coming to the groups and... Um... Even if I don't have anything to contribute, I just love to listen to everybody's stories. Yeah. So thank you, Judy. And thanks for being part of it. Yeah, right. Thank you. So um, everybody, I um, hope that you got some really great information today from listening to us. And um, please check out, uh, I'll put in the show notes, uh, all of the links to your website and everything there. Um, but I encourage everyone to visit the Center for Unhindered Living's blog at unhindered-living.com. Join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash unhinderedliving. Do you have something to say about this to contribute to our discussion tonight? Leave a comment. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Currently episodes of this podcast can be found on Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Podbean, Apple Podcast, Pocket Casts, Amazon Music, and Radio Public, as well as our YouTube channel. Thanks you guys for being here and bye everybody, have a great evening.